This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line. And this is the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their website. Enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. As we again launch into the Saturday program, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. I want to start things out here tonight um, with a drunk driving issue. Because we've talked about drunk driving several times on, uh, before on the show, and I think everybody agrees that drunk drivers shouldn't be on the road. Right? Right. Who would disagree with something like that? So everyone agrees drunk drivers shouldn't be on the road, but at the same time, I think everyone understands that there's a good chance that right now in your town or your city there's somebody who's on the road, probably more than a handful of people, drunk as a skunk. So, I mean, that's just a reality. We'd love for them to not be on the road, but the reality is they're on the road. And so the question becomes, well, how best to deal with those people who are drunk and driving? In fact, some people listening to this show right now <laughs> might be drunk and driving. Or at least over the legal limit of... Uh... Point zero eight in most states. Right. So the question is, how do you deal with these people? I think, Mark, you've certainly taken the, the position in favor of uh, very tough enforcement of DUI laws, uh, in that if, if somebody appears to be drunk on the roads, they are pulled over and breathalyzed and arrested and, and prosecuted. Sounds right to me. Well, it's very unusual, and, and this is the first time, I think, in the history of the show that I've ever come across something uh, written by someone who is actually advocating the abolishment of, D, of DUI laws. Oh, my. Now, I, of course, am somebody who's, who says that uh, I've always taken the position that whether you're drunk or driving while tired or driving while distracted or whatever it is, if you're putting other people in danger, if your driving is obviously dangerous to others around you, that should be the problem. That should be what um, leads you to being perhaps pulled over. That sort of thing. Well, my problem with your stance is is that um, if I'm distracted, I can, in a moment's time, be undistracted. I can be, you know, a great driver. All you need is that, uh, you know, absolutely fourth of true. a second or whatever. Absolutely. Pe- plenty of people have been, um, gotten into wrecks because of pretty girls walking along the side of the road or because uh, they were playing with the uh, car radio or because the kid was yelling in the back seat. It's absolutely happened. But what I'm saying, the difference is, is a drunk driver can't go from stone drunk to... Uh, you know, wide awake and sober in a matter of a split second. Whereas a person who's tired, bam, they're awake. Sure, I understand where you're coming from. Um, however, this guy, my, uh, Mark Crovelli from LewRockwell.com, makes a point that I've never heard before and I thought was pretty uh, interesting and persuasive. So I want to run it by you and uh, the rest of you listening and find out what you think. 800-259-9231. On the western outskirts of Denver, Colorado, a two-lane highway connects the town of Golden uh, with the town of Boulder. The highway winds through miles of mostly uninhabited rolling hills, past the city dump, and past the the notoriously polluted and now-closed Rocky Flats nuclear weapons plant. At the most windswept and isolated point along this highway and directly adjacent to the Rocky Flats nuclear uh, nuclear facility stands a completely isolated roadhouse called the Rocky Flats Lounge. Despite its extreme isolation and the loss of its customer base at the nuclear facility, the Flats Lounge continues to draw many uh, loyal patrons. Uh, due in part to its hospitality to bikers and Green Bay Packers fans. When driving past the Rocky Packers Flats... Packers fans and 
Denver? Apparently. Okay. When driving past the Rocky Flats Lounge, one can't help but being struck by the fact that its location's extremely conducive to drunk driving. Yeah, it seems that way. Imbibing customers must drive at least 15 minutes in either direction to get to civilization of any kind, and taxis are almost non-existent in the area. I've driven past... And a 15-minute cab ride is pretty prohibitive. I've driven past the Rocky Flats Lounge hundreds of times, and I've always wondered whether its patrons were driving under the influence on the same highway with me. In the years before I came to understand anything about economics, I would think to myself as I drove past this bar, how can the state allow them to have a liquor license when it's so obvious that their customers will have to drive drunk home on this dangerous highway? Not knowing anything about economics, I understandably only sought for approximate solution to this problem. But the more I studied economics, however, the more my view of the matter changed, to the point where I now think to myself as I drive past the Rocky Flats Lounge, Drunk driving should be legalized, so the customers of the Rocky Flats Lounge can get home safely. I came to this realization... Hold on, drunk, drivers should be, uh, dr- drunk driving should be legalized so they can get home safely? That's correct. I came to this realization in the first place because I couldn't figure out why drunk drivers on this highway didn't choose to slow down. I imagine that if I were a drunk driver on this highway, I would want to slow down to make sure I didn't fly off the highway or get into a fiery car crash with another vehicle. Or get stopped by the cops. Or that... Why were the drunk drivers not doing this? It then occurred to me that I wasn't thinking about the costs of drunk driving in the right way, because I was only considering one cost of drunk driving. Under our current drunk driving laws, however, there's an additional cost that every drunk driver is certainly aware of, namely, getting caught drunk driving. The drunk driver is thus faced with two serious costs to consider. One, dying in a fiery crash, or two, and getting caught by, or getting caught by the police and going to jail. Now the cost of getting caught drunk driving and going to jail moreover is drastically increased if the driver chooses to drive in a manner that draws attention to himself, like driving 10 miles per hour, even if the driver knows that driving slowly is the safer thing to do. So the drunk driver is faced with the following choices. Number 1, drive slowly and safely or as certainly more safer you certainly would be more safe driving at 15 miles an hour drunk than you would at 45 or 65 drunk. So drive slowly and safely and almost certainly get arrested and go to jail for drunk driving. Or number two, drive the speed limit and have a decent chance of not getting arrested, although this increases one's chance of actually getting into an accident. Understandably, many drunk drivers choose the latter alternative simply because the chance of arrest and jail time is a certainty, whereas the chance of a fiery crash, only a distant risk. I don't think I um, agree with this premise entirely. I don't think really? drunk drivers are going to choose, if there's uh, you know, no danger of them being arrested, to, to drive 10 miles an hour. A, um, also, I don't think that a, a person driving 10 miles an hour is a hazard on a road, especially a deserted road, because people want to go 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've ever been in the interstate... And notice that they're slow drivers. It's the slow drivers that bottleneck everything and then cause people, you know, people that aren't as, aren't as good of drivers as I am to, uh, you know, make uh, sudden lane changes and that kind of thing that can cause accidents. Right. Um, secondly, you know, when I've uh, had too much to drink, more than .08, and I'm, you know, I can only guess that I've been over the limit. I've never taken a breathalyzer in my life. But I have had more to drink than probably the what the legal limit is and, and driven a vehicle. I wouldn't say that I was drunk, but I would have been over the legal limit. Um, I have the... Uh, drinking causes me to want to go faster, not slower. Um, I'm sure there are drunks that are, are that way, but wouldn't you think that in the 
large swath of people that are drunk drivers, that there are some of them who would rather drive a little bit slower in order to get to their destination? There are bound to be, when you look, when you look at all of humanity, there's bound to be some people out there that would want to drive slower. But are they worth the people that would want to drive faster and, there, and therefore be far more reckless because they are drunk um, by legalizing it? I don't think so. I want to know what you think at 800-259-9231. He points out, if you think my reasoning here is unsound, ask yourself whether you've ever driven 80 miles an hour because you're running late for a meeting, believing that the certain costs of being late outweigh the increased, though distant, costs associated with driving faster. In other words, the prohibition of drunk driving actually serves to increase unsafe driving practices. Simply because drunk drivers don't want to go to jail and are consequently unwilling to drive slower than the speed limit. Even more importantly, these costs make drunk driving at the speed limit even more likely the more times a man was arrested for drunk driving. If a man already has a DUI, then the next DUI he gets will carry a much more severe penalty. Given even this stiffer penalty, he's even less likely to slow down and drive safely because of the costs of getting caught are so much higher. This problem can't be solved, moreover, by getting rid of speed limits. Getting rid of speed limits would only encourage drivers to, uh, drunk drivers to drive even faster so that they can get off the road faster to avoid that drunk driving arrest. Imagine, on the other hand, that drunk driving was totally legalized. The cost for the average drunk dr- uh, driver would alter dramatically because the only serious cost you would have to consider and avoid is getting into the fiery crash and going to jail for negligent manslaughter or murder. The average drunk driver would no longer have to race along at the speed limit, nervously eyeing his rearview mirror and anxiously trying to avoid arrest. He'd simply slow down to make sure he didn't get into an accident. But alcohol has a tendency to make people feel immortal and bulletproof. I don't think that that's going to be a motivation for them either. I'd like to hear from a, a uh, somebody who is a drunk driver out there who uh, has dr- uh, driven drunk who uh, could comment on this at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show is right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. You just go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. And you need to know that the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, as well as hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Talking about an idea that, well, it's a little bit unusual. And that's why I wanted to share it, because it's certainly uh, outside-of-the-box thinking as far as this guy at LewRockwell.com, his name is um, Mark Crovelli, he's actually suggesting that DUIs be legalized, and his suggestion is that drunk drivers are afraid of, for instance, drawing attention to themselves uh, if they're going from the bar to their house, They're afraid of driving slower than the speed limit and thereby attracting the attention of a cop, getting pulled over, and getting charged with a DUI. So they inevitably will go the speed limit or five miles over or whatever in order to get home as soon as they possibly can so as to not get pulled over and uh, stopped by a cop and charged with a DUI. He's saying that if we got rid of the drunk driving laws, then perhaps uh, drunk drivers would drive a little bit more safely. 
What do you think? 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and talk to Samuel in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hey, Samuel. Hey, how's it going tonight? What's on your mind? Hey, um, you know, uh, the problem with this whole thing isn't, uh, you know, the guy's uh, topic uh, doing away with the drunk uh, driving laws. The, The whole problem is his logic. He's asserting that a drunk driver can make logical and rational decisions about his driving while he's drunk. Well, now, and I know that I know that a lot of drunks don't know how drunk they are, but isn't it possible that there are some drunk drivers out there that are well aware they're drunk and uh, well, thereby would, would compensate? I would grant that, but I would also uh, add that if uh, a driver is drunk, by definition... He, his judgment is impaired, and, mm-hmm. and the proof of that is you, me, or any any of us, when we're drunk and we know we're drunk, we know that our mobility, our decision-making, that's what alcohol biologically does to the human system. And, see, that's my only problem with this is I, I wanted to ask you guys if it, uh, if he said in the letter letter whether he was uh, drunk while he was composing <laughs> his thoughts because I can't believe a person logically thinking would attribute a credit a drunk driver with being able to make such rational deductions and logical planning. You know what I mean? I mean, when you're drunk, and like you said, if you're not real, real drunk, then... Yeah, you go back to the side where your decision-making isn't so impaired. But then, on the other side of the scale, if you're drunk, and the more drunk you are, the more handicapped you are with your logical, rational decision-making. Am I making any sense? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, being drunk is absolutely going to affect your thoughts, uh, your thought processes. And that's what I mean. It affects it so much that this guy's trying to figure it out from, you know, how a drunk's going to figure out how to drive, how he figures out how to drive. While I'm saying that if you're drunk and you're driving, you aren't, you, <laughs> you're not, go, you're not, uh, you're not going into all this logic like this guy is. You're, you're just driving. And number one, uh, it's whether it's against the law or not. Uh, towards this guy's point, the reality is it is against law in anyone that is drunk and knows they're drunk and drives is just, you know, not making a responsible choice. No doubt about it. Whether it's right or wrong, they know the penalties. And, you know... um, it, it is it's totally irresponsible. I, I agree with you. It's totally irresponsible, but the fact is that there are probably 100,000 people that are going to be driving drunk tonight somewhere in America, and they're all making that irresponsible choice. He's just suggesting perhaps if it were something where they weren't deathly afraid of going to jail, maybe they would drive a little bit more carefully. Maybe not all of them would, but maybe some of them would, and maybe that would help uh, reduce the the chances of a, a terrible, fiery car crash. No, I, I don't think there's anything that can reduce the number of drunk drivers uh, other than the same thing that can reduce the number of mentally enslaved uh, socialist people in this country. And th- 
and it's an individual decision, uh, a person's got to realize that every choice he makes in his life, alcohol, freedom, is up to him. And until they consider the issue logically and think it out and make a choice, you know, nothing's going to change in their lives. Thank That's- you for the call, Samuel. We really appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Now, I have an idea that might reduce some drunk driving. Um, in this country, it's difficult to collect from somebody who's uh, done you harm, especially if the harm isn't something like $5,000 or more. Okay. Um, it's just not worth going to court and dealing with all the bureaucrats and all the crap that goes into civil court in uh, getting people to pay things. And then people can declare bankruptcy and they don't have to pay you and or they can uh, just not pay you and it only harms their credit and you know, um, it, people that make bad decisions, like drunk driving, have a tendency to have worse credit than people that make better decisions, um, and so therefore they're less likely to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. I think that we should have um, something. It, I think we, it, people should be more responsible for paying bills um, from a legal standpoint. They should have to pay them. That way, the insurance company, when when, I, when a drunk driver gets in a wreck with me, causes me damage, be it physical um, or to my, uh, you know, a property damage, whatever it is. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the hospital, and or I'm going to go to the chiropractor. I'm going to get a new car. I'm going to get all fixed up. All those things are going to be taken care of by the insurance company. The insurance company should be able to go back after um, the person who they insured and yeah. you know make up some differences or something. They can't do that if you uh, if you. If I've never I've never been in a, a drunk driving accident, but I'm I'm certain the insurance company can't come back to you. There should be some kind of clause, some kind of responsibility when it right. comes to he, drunk he, driving. If you're if you're found driving drunk, they're still going to cover you. I would imagine that That's they would. That's surprising. If to they me. don't cover you um, for it, then then you, the person you get in a wreck with is in real trouble. No, no, no. The person who you wreck should absolutely be covered. I'm talking about the drunk. Uh, as far as getting his uh, problems covered, his car fixed and all that, they're still going to cover that? I'd be shocked if that were something that insurance companies covered. Because then you're you're voluntarily getting behind the wheel and you're you're violating your agreement to not somebody be as good a driver as you possibly could. Uh, yeah, maybe somebody in the insurance industry. Let's go to Aaron in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Aaron. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, uh, you've, all, you've all made some pretty good points. Uh, and I agree with uh, probably 90% of them, uh, especially with the uh, coverage and all that. I've been through that whole song and dance of I have a, I had a DUI not too long ago. Uh, since you've had um, a DUI, I want to ask you some questions about it and, and what your thought processes were at the time, yeah. if you remember them. So hang on. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Jason's on the line. Your calls as well. Ladies, if you call in, your calls come first. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. toll free at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system there, over 200,000 posts, 1,500 people interacting, all kinds of different topics being discussed, serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. How close were the philosophies of Nietzsche and the Nazis? Check out the fascinating new DVD by Dr. Stephen Hicks, available at Laissez-Faire Books. 
how did the Nazis come to power in the most educated and civilized countries in the world? And was Nietzsche of the philosophy uh, was Nietzsche's philosophy an inspiration? Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at lfb.com. That's laissez-faire books, lfb.com. 800-259-9231. We're talking about drunk driving. And Mark Crivelli at lourockwell.com is suggesting that maybe if uh, there weren't these DUI laws out there, that maybe drunk drivers would drive more carefully instead of, and slowly uh, when they're going from the bar to their home instead of driving fast and more dangerously in order to avoid getting a DUI. Because if uh, there were no drunk driving laws then driving along the side of the road at 25 miles an hour wouldn't necessarily be something that would attract the police's attention. It wouldn't, you wouldn't have to worry as a drunk about whether or not you were going to get pulled over. And he points out, uh, and we'll get, there's, he's got a few more thoughts for us, and then, to, appropriately enough to follow this up, Mark, you've got, I think, the top ten beer myths, <laughs> uh, which, of course, I don't drink, so I'll, I probably will have little to say about it, but I'm sure a number of our listeners will find them very interesting. Uh, you are you drink from time to time, though. So I do. I'm sure you'll have some uh, insights as we go back to Aaron in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Now, Aaron, you were going to give us. Uh, I guess you said you'd gotten a DUI in the past. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe you had some questions about it. Right. What were the circumstances around that? Were you at a bar, driving home, at a party, driving home? What? Where were you at? Uh, actually, I went out with a couple friends of mine from work. Where I had just gotten a promotion, so we were celebrating, and uh, I had uh, a total of three beers. Three. And I was pulled over. This is after the change to the point zero eight limit. Now, is this uh, one of those? Were these beers like those twenty three ounce Brutus beers? No, these were. These were uh, at. Broad, I was in Broad Ripple, and it was at past the time where they start to get a little lazy and don't have the large glasses. They have the small twelve ounce cups. Okay. So it's a twelve ounce beer. So you had a, so you had so, three twelve ounce beers. So we go through this whole. I get pulled over. You know, you go through the whole dog and pony show of that and do the little field breathalyzer thing, and uh, it comes up point zero eight one. Point zero eight one. Off, to, off I go. Well, we go through all this, all this jazz and get to court, and they would have you to believe. They make you feel like you're just a complete wreck. You're a mess. Psycho- uh, uh, right. You're, you're, you're an alcoholic belief. because you got oh, caught yeah. um, with oh, a yeah. blood alcohol of Point zero eight one, right? Where and they believe they they lead you to believe you should be able to pass any of these tests, and uh, there's actually a lot of proof that none of these tests actually work. That's true. Tell you anything, uh, but you go through all that and they slap a label on you. They make you go through all these. They ask you in court if you would like to take care of your problem in private with no outside help. Meaning, you know what I would I said. I would like to do it in private because if you don't, they send you off to a uh, uh, recovery unit, uh, usually outpatient or mm-hmm. inpatient, actually. Uh, and if you you're there until you, they're satisfied that you're better, and if you're not better, then uh, after a certain period of time, they go ahead and send you to jail for your full time. Uh, so I did the uh, uh, take care of it on my own, and they force you. They they tell you that you have to go to this count, uh, certain counselors. And then you also have, and you also pay a little fee to, for their drug alcohol treatment programs what a in whatever county you're in. And then you also have to go through their little thing. Ugh. And then you have, and that's all your probation stuff. Now the the problem is, is this is actually a, uh, a cash cow kind of sure thing for it the is. county. 
because uh, they they stick you with some fines, and there's some pretty hefty ones. Uh, uh, and I don't necessarily disagree uh, with the, there should be no laws. I believe there should be some. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's call it what it is. It's basically they they when they arrest you for a DUI, you don't get Mirandized. You don't you don't get your rights read to you hmm. because it's a traffic violation. It's the only traffic violation that I know of that you can get arrested for. That's a, a misdemeanor or felony. So it's not a criminal and charge. It's just a. It's traffic from violation. what it was explained to me is they don't have to give you a Miranda right because it's a traffic violation. Now, when you were driving, were you pulled over initially because the cop thought you were drunk, or were you did you have a light out in the back of your car or something? Uh, I was pulled over uh, for actually. Uh, uh, a pretty, it was a fairly minor little thing actually, because the uh, little intersection I was pulled over in, uh, they, uh, the way you have to go through that turn, you end up having to cross a little yellow line uh, as you make the turn, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no other way to do it. Uh, and I've seen people go through that turn. I used to work at a at a uh, business right across from it, and I'd see people all day go through that intersection doing the same thing, and. There's no police there. So it wasn't necessarily over. that you were they, driving dangerously at all. You right. just happened to he just happened to spot a violation, pulled you over right. and then ran a exactly. drug check on you. But they uh automatically uh I mean it was it was, you know, decently late and it was in a small a small town. What do you feel um, like the uh what do you feel like the appropriate law should be? If it shouldn't be abolished entirely, think, what's your suggested adjustment? Well, let's let's go let's call it what it is. Let's go back to being uh, a point one because that's a that's actually pretty reasonable because we went through how long with it being okay to drive at point one and versus point zero eight. Okay, and uh, if you go back and do, uh, I don't have the web link on hand, uh, but there was a case in I want to say Minnesota of a uh, uh, it was somewhere it was in the north uh, the north Midwest uh, Minnesota Wisconsin somewhere in there, and they had actually a uh, uh, congressman, uh, one of his family members was injured in a drunken di- driving accident. And so they went ahead, and since that happened, they passed a law stating federally that uh, all states should have to be point zero eight because the person was uh, below point uh, one, so they couldn't press any drunk driving charges on him, which you, know, you get into a gray area with that because they can call it, you know, officer. You can actually right. be pulled over and have a point zero five, and you're, you can go to jail for DUI if they decide to. Really? Uh, yeah. Huh. It's, it, there's officer discretion on that. And I think that what we should have is discretion in that, you know, if the person is actually driving dangerously. I think if you've got a point one and you're driving fine, then I don't see what the issue is, personally. Correct. Yeah, and I don't I drink, you know. So because, Well, they, they, they come up with these tests. Let's, let's, let's look at it this way. They need to. What they need to do is they need to put forth some uh, effort into technology to maybe do a little better job, because their little field sobriety tests that they, the officers carry are only certified for about a year, and that, and we all know that those are probably more than a year old. I think most uh, anybody would have a have difficulty saying the alphabet backwards and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and the little test where they make you follow your follow the pen with your eyes, that one doesn't work. That everybody's everybody's uh, going to be different on that. Yeah, it's it's really uh, more of an excuse to uh, to funnel people through the system than anything else. Aaron, thank yeah. you for the call. Really appreciate hearing oh, from yeah. you tonight. Eight hundred two five nine. 
9231, the packet 8.net toll free line. The, uh, the Mark Crivelli at LouRockwell.com, as he points out, um, he's not suggesting manslaughter or assault or murder be legalized. On the contrary, drunk drivers, like everyone else, should be forced to pay restitution to the victims of their negligent behavior if it results in injury or property damage. But there's absolutely no reason to think that a drunk driver going 5 or even 20 miles an hour is any more dangerous than, say, 89-year-old Aunt Jenny screaming down the highway in her Cadillac at 75. Oh, I don't think that there's too many 89-year-olds uh, going 75 miles an hour. Nor can we simply assume that he's any more dangerous than Billy Bob driving his 18-wheeler down I-80 at 80 miles an hour without sleeping for five days. Yet no one thinks that it should be the law that Aunt Jenny or Billy Bob ought to be arrested, jailed, and fined for having chosen to drive under those conditions. They're only punished if they hurt someone. And this is precisely the standard that should govern drunk driving. 1-800-259-9231. Joe and Indy's on the line. Hopefully he'll be patient. We'll get to him shortly. And the top ten... Beer Myths on the way. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. This is the live Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can bring up whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you take control, bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll free line, it's Ian here with you, and Mark, 1-800-259-9231, you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the live Saturday show, uh, on our website, all the features are free, those other radio talk shows want to charge you for accessing their sites, we give it all away, whether it's archives, the bulletin board system, and more, the wiki included, all of it for free, BBS, uh, excuse me, that's the bulletin board system, our website's freetalklive.com. We ask that you voluntarily support the show. Mark, can you check in on our voting total here? Because uh, we are moments away from the month being ov- uh, over, this being the 31st when we're doing the show tonight. And what we do is every month there's a voting process where we ask you to go and vote for Free Talk Live at vote.freetalklive.com. And so far, hundreds of you, I think well over a 1,000 of you, have gone and voted for Free Talk Live this month, which is awesome. And we've been number one all month long, which is also something that we've actually never done before. Sometimes we'll make it three weeks at number one, and then we'll be surpassed by the Harry Potter show, because, uh, again, there's 30,000 podcasts competing for number one. So we're normally in the top five, usually in the top three, this month, we've been doing exceptionally well, thanks to you who've gone and voted. What number are we right now? Mark? We're number one, uh, but the lead is extraordinarily tenuous. We have two boats two ahead boat of the, uh, that darn Potter kid. So within about five hours, the voting process will end for this month, and then it will reset, and everything will go to zero for the month of April. So if you've yet to vote for Free Talk Live in March, we need you to go tonight to vote.freetalklive.com to keep us there so we finish the month out at number one for the first time ever. That's, it, it only takes a couple of seconds yeah. to vote. It's really, all, all you it need is your email long. address. Right. And it won't be spammed. It won't be sold. Only takes a moment. Vote.freetalklive.com. Talking about drunk driving. Want to hear what you think about some possible changes that uh, could be made to the system. Because it's clear that some people that don't deserve it are getting in trouble for uh, for drunk driving. In my opinion, like our last caller, I don't think he necessarily uh, should have gone to jail. I don't think he necessarily should have should have gone through the system. If someone isn't actually in danger, I think that uh, they should be okay. I think they should be allowed to go. Well, I think that they need um, – one thing he was disputing was the breathalyzer test itself. And, um, you know, he, he got basically – he was right at the limit at .081. Mm-hmm. I guess that if the breathalyzer is bad, 
it could just as easily have read him uh, less drunk than he was than more. He now said I was going to say, if I were a cop, I'd try to get my breathalyzer so it showed everyone as .81. <laughs> point zero eight one. Why point zero eight one? I don't know, or point zero eight three or something, and it's not, and anything over the legal limit. That way, I have an excuse to haul them in and uh, fill out the paperwork and why would make I myself fill look good. Why would you want to fill out the paperwork? Because you look good when you I get see. more arrests to the brass. That way, you can advance. Let's go to the phones. It's Whitney, ladies first. You're on Free Talk Live, uh, listening on WXNT. Hey, Whitney. Hello. How hey. are you? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, you know, the thing is with the theory here is that it could apply to everything, or not everything, but pretty much everything, like. Uh, marijuana usage and all that. I mean, if you start saying, yes, uh, drunk driving is legal, then there's so many people out there that are going to come to the front line and say, well, if that's legal, then why isn't, you know, a small amount of marijuana legal if I'm able to Well, marijuana should be legal. Marijuana should be legal. (laughs) Well, the reason why there's standards set in place is because it's been proven that at one point that one person was unable to keep control of their vehicle while intoxicated, whether with alcohol or with marijuana. Has that been proven? Has it been proven that somebody with sure, a point zero eight I mean, is likely to uh, to be sure, in a wreck? Just, because say the sixteen year old kid who thinks it is, you know, well, it's, it's illegal for him to drink, but if he drinks um, just a little bit, who he, and he's not accustomed to drinking then he's going to jump behind the wheel, and he's not capable of controlling his decisions or his vehicle. And that, but what about you know, somebody who's been drinking for 20 years? They might very well be capable of it. And I wish that it was a case-by-case basis, but it's, it, it can't be because there's so many things that they have to worry about anyway. Well, I, mean, I would say that um, I, think you're, I, I agree that there needs to be a standard um, that, by which everyone can be judged, and unfortunately you know, that's not going to be fair. But what I would say is... Um, the standard should be think, their driving. Fine. Um, uh, but if you think for a second that the government's out there doing tests in order to um, figure out what the very best, uh, you know, what, what the best place to put that legal limit at is, you are sorely mistaken. These bureaucrats to, don't have be. any idea. They're busy in there. They passed 700 laws last year, um, and they certainly didn't do tests on all they these things. They just know that if they lower the number, they get more DUIs, and the more DUIs no, they get, the more be. money they get. It should be it should be zero tolerance. I I don't what? drink. Yes, I do not zero drink. tolerance. I don't drink yeah. either, but I think that's absurd. But the one the couple of times that I have drank, um, you know, like at a baby shower or whatever, mm-hmm. I can get pretty darn loopy real quick. Well, and and that's and one way that your 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 standard isn't fair because you don't drink and some people do. So some people at point zero eight are far TV. less impaired than you are at point zero eight. How do you feel about roadblocks? How do you feel about checkpoints where everybody's harassed uh, to find out whether or not they're drunk? How do you feel about that? I don't see I don't see blanket security as harassment like the really? like the airport or the roadblocks. I would much rather go through all of that to ensure my, my children goodness. and my safety than I would to even allow that one. But I have you make zero a fine police state citizen, Whitney. <laughs> I have zero tolerance for crime. I cannot. I can't. There's no reason. There's no point. I. I but there's no know, victim. In the case of uh, in the case of many drunk drivers, there's no victim. They make it home safely. They drive drunk safely, and uh, and but everything's fine. But that one fine. time is too many. That one time that that one family and say the mom and dad survive, the child does not. That one time is one time too many. And alcohol is a proven inhibitor of of your of your control and and your thinking. And and it you cannot because there's that you know say there are thirty. What about driving people. while tired? What about people who drive while tired? Well, they, Should that they be outlawed? They are they are you know trying to make a movement towards that. You are know? they? I mean, I've seen, yeah, Goodness, I've seen how are they going to prove that one? 
Well, it's just <laughs> they're going to have driving. a tireizer test. Because you know, if you see somebody who's driving impaired, regardless of what it is, I've called nine one one a couple of times because I've seen somebody weaving in and out. I don't know if they're tired. I don't know if they're drinking. But I made the call anyway and said, mm-hmm. hey, this person cannot control their vehicle. And so thus the police officer comes and whatever. But um, as far as the road goes, it's not just their road. It's my road, too. And I have a zero tolerance policy. You know what I think we should do here? And I think what might solve the problem is get the roads out of the hands of the government. That way, private owners, maybe, Whitney, you could be a private owner of many roadways. <laughs> I know. I adopted a road, actually. I take the trash up off the road. I think and that's fantastic. And people throw things at me. And wow, that's, that's what, really crappy. That's what I mean. It's like those one that one group of people who who refuse to to go along with the rules. There's nothing wrong with. So you could have your zero tolerance roads, and I could have my roads where there's no zero tolerance, <laughs> it's and we'll like see that who drives on what. Seinfeld. Yeah. Whitney, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I. It seems to me the best way to handle the situations that we've dealt with at this point is just to have good equipment that uh, you know properly decides where somebody is on the little. Uh, breathalyzer. What chart. about the driving while tired? How are they going to figure that one out? I mean, with the breathalyzer, you've got the alcohol they already on have the breath. A, and... They already have a charge called careless driving. Um, they don't. We don't need to add a new one. All right. Uh, let's continue with the calls. It's Jim in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Jim. Yes. Um, I want to talk about this uh, drunk driving thing. Yes. Yes, sir. Now, I think I feel um, the government, and this is just more of a revenue generation than a correctional entity. Absolutely. Because if it was targeting to control the public so that they can be safe, this is not about safety, because why would they put it real low so as to get some more money? Yeah, that's exactly what they did. They knew they'd be able to get more money. They know that, yeah, there are plenty of people that drink and that are safe drivers at certain levels of blood alcohol content. And they know this, and they don't care. They just want to run people through the system so they can uh, extract cash from them. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, it is all about that. And then I think, if I mean, we, we do not, I don't rule out, drunk driving is dangerous. But there's a certain level that it is dangerous. It starts being dangerous. But that point eight, no. If if we were to test people, give people beer, and um, people get drunk at different levels. Some people can control a vehicle, even if they are maybe 0.2. Mm-hmm. They can control a vehicle. It doesn't mean that, like, uh, 0.8 people are drunk. They just throw them in jail. That's why the jails are so stuck up with people. Don't because you feel like, these- Jim, and I agree with you, don't you feel like it makes more sense, instead of having this one-size-fits-all mentality to simply judge people based on how they're actually driving yes they, i mean they should use the competence test like to say is this person competent to drive if you are not competent to drive, they, they, one of the tests that i'm thinking I, they should say okay you know what sir? get in this car can you drive and keep this car straight on this line and see if he's going to keep it Right. If he can't keep it, then he can't drive. They will be like, you know what? Right, follow him for a quarter mile or something like that. Great idea, Jim, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Hour two's on the way. You can take control because it's clear that cops don't actually care about you. They don't care about you getting home safely. They don't care about your driving ability. I disagree. I they think just care about catching, uh, catching people who are over the limit and putting them through the system and getting their cash. That's what it's all about with government. Hour two's on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Of course, private roadways have solved this problem. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. It is the Packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's one 800 259 9231. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Last hour we started, uh, or we spent the entire hour talking about DUIs. And uh, there's an article by Mark Crivelli over at lewrockwell.com where he was opining that uh, perhaps if DUIs were eliminated, that is the laws against them were eliminated, that Drunk drivers would drive more carefully since they wouldn't be concerned with the police pulling them over for driving too slowly and that sort of thing. And that sort of parlayed into a a much larger conversation about the nature of the DUI, the current limits that it's set at, whether or not DUIs are actually just an excuse for the police department to put people through the system and milk money from them, uh, whether or not the limits are too high, too low, that sort of thing. And I'd like to hear from you still at 800-259-9231, because apparently people are still interested in talking about it. We're going straight to the phones and to the fun. Let's go to, it is uh, Jim? No, no, make that fascist Brandon uh, in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Brandon. Morning, hippies. (laughs) Hey, what's up? How's the voice line today? Sounds good. Okay, excellent. Well, I just wanted to call in and let you tree huggers know that I agreed with your uh, previous caller before that we should have zero tolerance for people who break the law. So oh, the one that wanted have... uh, checkpoints? The one that really enjoys checkpoints, Whitney? Yes, checkpoints are great, and I'll get into that in a second. Okay, okay. But first of all, you know, if we, don't, we live in a society of laws, and people who break the laws ought to be punished. You know who else should be punished? speeders. If you drive over the speed limit, which is posted on the road, you see the speed limit, you know what it is, you should go to jail. Because that one time where you're driving over the speed limit and you get into an accident, you could kill somebody. So that's a big problem. You, could. you know who else should go to who? You know who else should go to jail? Uh, Jaywalkers. <laughs> the law Jaywalkers is the law, isn't it, Brandon? Fascist that's right. Brandon. The law is the law. And one of the reasons why roadblocks are great is because we don't even know what kind of laws you might be breaking. You may be driving drunk, but you may also have drugs. You may have some guns, because we all know that guns are only good in the hands of the government. So only people who have nothing to hide have a problem, should have no problem with roadblocks or any of these laws, because it's only lawbreakers who have to be fearful of the law. It's true. I am a lawbreaker, I will admit. 1-800-259-9231. Brandon, any other thoughts? Nope, that'll do it, hippies. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You can take control of the airways. Bring up anything. Well, he he does bring up a point, which is uh, the law is the law, and if you're going to enforce the drunk driving law to zero tolerance, you really should enforce all laws to zero tolerance. Which yeah, well, zero tolerance is, is be insanity. A, a terrible, terrible place to live. Right. I think um, I, I don't know what she meant by zero tolerance. Maybe she meant I'm pretty sure she meant no alcoholic alcohol in your beverage system. at all. That's correct. Which I think is a little. I think that's extreme. But she doesn't drink, Mark. But um, I understand she doesn't drink, <laughs> or very often she said. Or she said that she doesn't drink, and then she um, said that she had drank on the times there that she had There was a caveat, drink. yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I can see drawing a line in the sand and saying, 
look, 0.08, I think it should be 0.1, personally. Um, 0.1 is the line, and, and that's the problem with the line in the sand, is everybody's going to want it in a different place. Yeah, that is the problem with one-size-fits-all, which is why private roads solves this, uh, solves this whole issue, because then private road owners can set whatever sort of rules they want to, based on market demands and that sort of thing. So uh, many road owners, in fact, they may come up with, a, with an industry standard, uh, but it's very possible there would be competing standards uh, for, for roadways, and as far as the, the amount of uh, blood alcohol content that one could have. Or private road owners might just simply say that um, there's no prohibition, per se, against driving drunk on my roads. There's a prohibition against driving dangerously on my roads. And I think that that's the real issue. It's dangerous driving, whether the person be drunk behind the wheel, whether the person is high behind the wheel, whether the person is tired, whether the person's arguing with the kids in the back seat. It's dangerous driving that should be be enforced upon. Let's continue with the calls to... Jim, uh, actually, I keep calling for Jim. Let's try Matt in Illinois. I think we took Jim last hour. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hi, gentlemen. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind? I really like Brandon's call. I thought Brandon was, was fantastic there. Yes, sir. I'm going to take a different tack, though. Um, this woman who was calling, uh, she said something about how they'd proven that point oh eight was a, a bad, was, was, a, was a good line to draw her. Whatever. Well, the fact of the matter is, when they've done drunk driving tests, some people actually drive better when they are drunk. Is that true? Well, when you take the whole um, of, of humanity and you, you take a, a sample of them and then you give them some alcohol, I mean, somebody out there is bound to drive better than they did on, that one, on the one test that you gave them sober. They're bound to drive better on the, um, on the one test that they're .08. Now, when you say some people, do you mean 1% or is it a significant amount, 10%, 15%? Yeah, I wish I knew. I just, I just remember uh, watching a, a movie quite a while back where... They were giving a gentleman who was driving drinks, and he had a couple of drinks, and he actually improved his driving after two or three drinks. I just saw the one guy. That's all I remember. Interesting. Um, I don't know what the percentages are. I guess you'd have to look into it. But, you know, this guy actually did better. So should he be punished if he's driving sober and he gets into an accident? Because Mm. he could have been driving better if he had been drunk. That's an excellent question. Should he be forced to take a couple of drinks to make sure that it improves his driving? <laughs> Mandatory one drink limit on a uh, one drink minimum to drive on my road. Sounds nutty. <laughs> yeah, and, you know. Um, another thing is when you get when you're drunk. Let's say I'm I'm at uh, .085 and I'm at a stoplight and somebody hits me from behind. Now I was stopped at the stoplight. I wasn't even moving. Mm-hmm. Yet in my state, if I get hit by from behind, I'm in an accident. Now they can give me a test to see if I was drunk, and I could be at fault for that accident. Yeah, that's no good either. It's it's way too wide cutting the uh, the laws against drunk driving. It's more of a system to generate uh, gen- generate cash. I feel like than anything else. I don't really. I think that it's a, they use the emotionalism of people who do get into drunk driving accidents. They use that sort of emotional fervor uh, to whip everybody up and to get them all angry about things. And the, and while in fact all they're trying to do is increase the uh, the income to the police department and the courts. I, th- I certainly think that the money should go to the victim as opposed to the, to the state. That'd be um, a nice change, huh? But, but the problem there is is that we want um, that we want enforcement of drunk driving laws. People want that. Some level, um, and so therefore we would have to incentivize the cops to do it. So I don't know. It makes it, it makes it very difficult. Matt, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to say I think um, Brandon, when he mentioned speeding, people who speed, 
I believe, and uh, again, I'm not sure on this, but I believe that more deaths are caused caused by people speeding than caused by people who are drunk. I think you would probably be right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Not to say that I believe in speed limits either. (laughs) I think those should be abolished as well. But then again, uh, I'm actually a fan of uh, getting the roads out of the hands of the government in the first place. I know, I know, everybody thinks to themselves that uh, that would, for some reason make society devolve into uh, utter chaos. I'm not sure why they think that. I think that people who believe that way have just sort of, you know, they've been raised with the idea that there are certain things that government must do and that government must take care of the road system, when in fact that's certainly not the case. When you compare a gov- a government's performance uh, on any sort of industry or or service or product that they're attempting to provide, you compare their performance to any private agency or even a charity, and their performance just pales in comparison. It it costs them more money. It uh, it is more bureaucratic. It takes them more time to get the things done that they're supposed to get done. There's no reason why we couldn't turn roads over to uh, to private hands and and have them handled in a much more efficient manner and have the roadways actually be responsive, the road owners actually be responsive to the customers who are you driving on those roads, and the, also uh, by proxy the businesses and the people that are on the sides of the road that want to have people easily accessing their businesses and that sort of thing. And there's a there's a variety of uh, sort of brainstorming ideas that we could go through as to how to get the uh, the roads out of the hands of government and into the hands of, uh, of private individuals. And I'm certainly open to ideas as to what the best way to do that would be, but I think that should be our ultimate goal. I realize for a lot of people it's a it's a scary concept but the fact is as you as we continue to talk about getting the government out of people's lives drastically downsizing the government inevitably roads will come up again and again because everybody thinks to themselves oh my gosh how could we live without government taking care of the roads well my suggestion is that if government wasn't taking care of the roads We'd actually have roads repaired in a much faster manner. New roads would be built much quicker. They'd be built to capacity. And the people that own them would be responsible and responsive to the consumer. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Pack at 8.net toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That is, once again, freetalklive.com. You should know that uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project and the Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest. It's June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and New beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And don't forget to join us on our website at freetalklive.com where we have the wiki with over 1,200 pages of unique content created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Take a look at wiki. That's W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, it's Brian in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark on the Amplifier line. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? Uh, I, I uh, uh, don't really have a drunk driving story, but uh, I did have a, uh, a, a conversation with uh, the new people who haven't heard yet about, you know, uh, privatizing roads. Okay. And of course, I got the same stuff. What about the roads? What about the roads? And 
and, and that, that was that's always fun. You know, if any, anybody uh, who believes that the government should be out of the road business should uh, uh, start to talk to somebody a, a, about this. And I think you've said this before, Ian, and you're absolutely right that that's the first thing they bring up. What it would really do? is. What happens if, if the guy who owns the road, you know, down the street from me blocks it off and keeps me from, from you know, leaving because he's mean? <laughs> so I, I, that's a tough one. Well... <laughs> Yeah, it's just sort of, it's just absurd. Um, first of all, there are certain ways that one could, for instance, get around that. Uh, there could be contractual sort of agreements that people have with others in their neighborhood in order to agree that um, everyone should have common access as far as getting in and getting out, uh, that sort of thing. And of course, if someone actually were to behave in, in that manner, um, then people would be ostracized. I mean, somebody who is behaving that way, uh, blocking off their portion of the road, um, they would all of a sudden have uh, more enemies than they could ever imagine. Now, I don't well, think thing, be good. They, they always bring up the extreme example of the of the social outcast. You know, he's ostracized anyway. He's just a mean person, but somehow he's managed to amass this massive amount of money and can buy all the property around you, even though you know he really doesn't have the kind of personality that would you know lend itself to amassing that kind of money. Who who knows? Now, Brian, what you're pointing out here um, on the larger scale is uh, when when people are uh, confronted with uh, new concepts like liberty and freedom and real <laughs> privatization. Yeah, um, they. Have have a tendency to to get mired in the details very quickly, and I say that the um, it's my personal belief that the roads uh, roads themselves are such a difficult issue that um, what happens is you end up losing them when it comes to roads because they they manage to find the details. Um, it's very it would be difficult to. Uh, you know, come up with pat answers. Like there are pat answers on um, for you know the libertarian uh, philosophy on everything, just about except for hmm, roads. I say <laughs> roads is the third rail of libertarian politics. Don't get mired in roads. That's the reason that I say. How about a flat gas tax that would only be applied to roads? No money would come into roads otherwise because it's not fair for people that don't use roads. Only the money from a particular, you know, from a gas tax would go into roads, and that will solve that problem. What about my lawnmower when I want to fill up my lawnmower? You're talking about a gallon of gas, Ian. I think you can donate whatever, um, 40 cents or whatever. What about as a gas station owner if I don't want to pay the gas taxes? I understand. Well, that I at, the, at the very, that very least, you, you walk into the gas station, um, make the Make the gas station owner sign a piece of paper. Um, in order to sell gasoline, you must um, you, you you must uh, collect the well, gas tax. You know, Mark, you have to remember, and uh, Brian, like your thoughts, but you have to remember when you're coming across when people are coming across the pro liberty message and they're thinking up, well, what about the roads? They're they're just sort of, it's sort of like a visceral visceral response to these new ideas. They don't know how to internalize them. They don't know how to apply them. And so you can make suggestions to them, and whatever it is that you say isn't necessarily going to click with them right away. But it might down the line, you know, maybe uh, maybe a roads, few months down the line they might realize, hmm, you know, maybe the the whole roads thing would work out if we'd let people in search of profit uh, take care of them. Because, for instance, the business owners on the side of a road, there's zero chance that they're going to shut down their section of the road so nobody can uh, can get through. They want people to come into their business. So so most of the people on the side of a road have a vested interest in that road and the quality of the road that leads to their business. And so in in 99% of the cases, there wouldn't be an issue. If one guy wants to block off his side of the road, odds are good he doesn't own the other side of the road, so you could just drive on that side. So I don't really see Well, yeah, I, I, I bring up uh, the two of the largest examples of private roads and how they work really well, of course, Disney World and Walmart parking lots. 
And they don't have an answer to that, but they say, well, well, Disney World, that's only for if you want to be in the, you know, go to their amusement park. Not true. And Walmart, who parks there anyway? But you that's know, not true track. about Disney World. There's, there. there's more than just the amusement park there. There are shopping centers. There are hotels. There Celebrity are... Village or something like that. They have their own housing complex yeah. in there. There, there are reasons to be on Disney World property, even if you don't want to go to uh, to Disney World. And and you're right, they're a brilliant example of, of the success of private roads. Uh, the signs are so easy to read. You know exactly where you're going. There's no questions uh, when you're on D- uh, Disney World property. It's amazing. And they have every incentive of keeping those roads clean and clear and patched. Yep, it's correct. Brian, any other thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I just, uh, uh, at uh, the Liberty Forum, uh, Gardner Goldsmith got up there and, and uh, spoke in the beginning. I guess uh, uh, the uh, the woman from the Advocates for Self-Government was not able to make it. And he brought up a, a, a thing called the Lights of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And it's this award that they get, give out every year for people who uh, you have to uh, publish three letters to the editor or you have to speak three times to, you know, community groups like uh, the Grange or the, you know, Toastmasters or something. Yeah. Or, or you have to uh, uh, sit in three Operation Politically Homeless booths at, you know, local fairs. And you mm-hmm. get this little little badge or something. Well, I, I, uh, I published my first uh, uh, letter to the editor mention, mentioning Libertarian uh, last week. Congratulations. On a, 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 vet, a veterinarian bill that they're trying to get passed in the uh, in the Colorado State Court. So if um, if anybody is interested in this, I guess you can go to theadvocates.org, I think. It's just a nice way. It's the uh, it, They've come up with this little award, and it, I think you get a certificate. Um, and, of course, you get your name on the list of those who are recipients of the Lights of Liberty Award. And it's just a nice way to recognize the real activist superstars, the ones that are really out there doing everything they possibly can to push the libertarian message to spread the word of freedom as far and as wide as possible. And, yes, I, I know the details are at their website, at theadvocates.org. And it's not hard to do. Writing and getting getting three letters to the editor published in one year's time, not difficult at all. Um, well, you could do it in a month if, if you if you hit the right topics. And, well, and that depends. To, that depends on the newspaper. Many papers won't allow you to publish more than one letter per month, uh, but you could certainly do one per month, and then you've still gotten uh, you know you've still gotten the Lights of Liberty Award. And, and setting up Operation Politically Homeless booths is an immensely rewarding task and uh, a lot of fun. And I recommend that everybody look into that as well. Brian, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine. Ninety-two, thirty-one. I I love doing Operation Politically Homeless. I mean, a letter to the editor is good because you're getting the you know the idea, the concept of libertarianism in front of however many thousands of people read that letter. But an Operation Politically Homeless booth is where you go to a, like the county fair or a gun show or the gay and lesbian pride fest, for instance, wherever you can, wherever the people are, and you set up a booth and you give people the world's smallest political quiz to find out if they're libertarians or authoritarians or liberals or conservatives and it's an amazing sort of process of self-discovery for a lot of people because many people discover they've they're libertarians and they didn't even know it i think it's just so powerful more on the way you can take control it's free talk live would you like to help others find free talk live you can help us advertise market and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com consider becoming a free talk live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com this is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, live Saturday show. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are free. And that does include updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the program. 
That's updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's updates.freetalklive.com. Tomorrow's April, and April is Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy. Be they son, daughter, or sibling, A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at order at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. 800-657-5066.akidsjourney.com. As we continue with your phone calls, let's go to Dean in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hello, Dean. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, I got a response to that caller who called in about uh, about 30 minutes ago about uh, speed limits, uh, about uh, giving tickets out or whatever. Zero tolerance, Brandon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm a witness because I'm a driver out there on the highway. I'm a witness to uh, all these cops, and uh, they don't have their uh, lights or siren on, and I see them guys late at night going down the highway about 85 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Speed limit's like 55. Yep. And sure. uh, a lot of times during the day, I see them going down the highway, and uh, they're not even in uniform. Sometimes got their family in the car going out, I don't know, going shopping or whatever. Well, don't you, don't you know, Dean, that cops are better people than everyone else? Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're uh, perfect. They don't break laws. Right. They're a cut above. They should be allowed to get away with whatever they want to get away with. They're oh, the yeah, cops. they're the government. Yep. <laughs> it's And uh, I got another point there uh, for that guy. Uh, when I uh, went down to Tennessee one time, you know how the uh, when you get out of state or you get out of the city, the lanes go down to like two lanes? Yeah. And, uh, well, the people on the street there, everybody's going about, about 70, 75, you know, up to 80, 85 mile an hour. And uh, if you're not getting out of the way, they're going to pass you into the lane. And uh, I don't see no cops out there arresting anybody out there on the highways. I mean, if they really want to make money, they'd be out there real serious about it and uh, pulling a lot of people over. But, why, do you th- uh, why do you think that is? Why aren't they there? Well, they're not serious about it. They're only serious about uh, getting the people in the city that uh, where they can, you know, pull you over and uh, just charge you all this uh I think 150 bucks for a ticket now. You don't think it's not a numbers situation where in the city there are just more cops versus a state road in the middle of nowhere? There's oh, yeah. actually no cops around. I mean, it's, yeah. it's probably just a numbers thing. I'm sure the I'm sure the uh, the little town cops are just as money hungry as the the big city cops. It's just that uh, there aren't as many of them. Oh yeah. I mean, for instance, where we come from and down in Florida, we live in New Hampshire now, but there's this place at it's up by the prison, right, Mark? Uh, is, is it Stark? No, it's uh, Waldo. Waldo, Florida. Right. That's it. Um, it's a little town. It's one of those situations where it's two lanes going through the town. But in this particular town, the, the cops are Johnny on the spot with oh, yeah. uh, with police and, and speed enforcement. And they've got, like, they've got a speed limit sign that's behind a tree or something like that, so you can't actually that. see it. So you don't know that it drops from 55 to 35. And uh-huh. they just pick people off. Uh, they they picked so many people off for speeding, so-called, in their town, that uh-huh. the AAA has bought a billboard outside of Waldo to alert people to the fact that, uh, you know, like just as a public service, to alert people to slow down in Waldo, because the cops are just corrupt and just all about making money. So, well, you know, uh, uh, ignorance of law is no excuse, right? Uh, that's what they say, which uh-huh. crap, yeah. if you ask me. I mean, how have you ever taken the time to read laws? It's insane. Oh, I bet uh, they're about uh, an inch thick. 
at least. Well, yeah, that's one of the books. Then you've got a whole uh, shelf full of them to go through, right, maybe they, an entire library full. They put that much out in a year. It's oh, impossible. Yeah. It's it's not a it's not a possible humanly uh, reachable task to actually read the laws. Thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing no, from no you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know that's so it's so absurd. Whenever somebody says ignorance of the law is no excuse, why don't you ask? I turn that right around and ask them. Well, how much of the law they've read that week? How much of the law have they read in their lifetime? Because I think one of our listeners ran the numbers as far as. You know, if you spent, if you had eight hours a day, like if you didn't work for a living like most of us do, and all you had was free time to read laws, how many hours it would actually take to just get through just the federal laws, not your state laws, not your local laws. Well, they, they figured something like 100 years. Yeah, it's something like you'd be dead before you finished. <laughs> and and that stupid. didn't count. And that didn't count the laws that they had added that um, in the years that you were reading. Um, you know that that just made it even worse. Yeah, I mean it's just it's unfathomable. But yet the law and order types continue to just mindlessly chant the mantra that ignorance of the law is no excuse. No, there's no excuse for this many laws. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to to uh, John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, John. Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I wanted to let folks know about uh, demonstrating in New Hampshire in the free state on a nice 55 degree or so Saturday afternoon. It was lovely out there today. John and I were out on the corner of uh, one of the uh, intersections here in Keene, New Hampshire with, what would you say, about 15 other people? There was a good amount of people there. I, unless I'm missing somebody, we had we had 17 anyway because I can think of 17 for yep. sure. Yep. And uh, it was just an incredible turnout. Uh, Mark, you uh, drove by. You didn't actually stop and, and uh, say hello to anybody. I, I drove by a couple of times and honked my horn and right. stuff. That was good. I appreciate that. But had you, uh, you've driven by a number of times when we've been out there. Had you seen a larger crowd at that corner before? No. It was a pretty big turnout today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and these, today everybody was there at the same time. Sometimes people have to come and go, but I guess being Saturday... People didn't have work issues. Now, why were we there, John? What was the reason for it? We're protesting the Internal Revenue Service. Right. We were out front of the uh, the IRS building. It's it's also a dual-purpose building. It's got the, the post post office there as well. And uh, our man Russell Canning and, and Lauren Canario, she was there. Uh, they were all dressed up um, in Don Quixote gear. Um, essentially, the concept being Don Quixote battling the windmills. So Russell Canning was sort of, uh, you know, um, getting into that same motif and battling the federal government. Though Russell his, wasn't. His his, uh, his costume was actually the most striking. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's interesting because earlier I was down at the 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 uh, traffic circle where they have the little gazebo. There was an anti-war thing, and I was in town early. So I stopped over to say hello to those folks, and mm -hmm. they had probably a dozen, eh, maybe up to fifteen of them there. Um, but those are people just dressed in you know normal street clothes. Down at our thing, it gets a little more colorful, a little more uh, a little more theatrical, I suppose. Uh, people in costumes and such. And uh, I'll give one example. I guess part of my point before I get to that was just to drive out there. It's a it's a pretty good drive from Salem for me to go out to Keene. Mm -hmm. But the people are so fantastic, and the, and the, and it's just such a picturesque ride. I, I leave myself an extra hour sometimes an hour and a half if I have the time, just to maybe stop and take pictures along the way and mm. that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, uh, Russell had on an orange jumpsuit, and uh, part of the uh, idea here is that your taxes go to pay for torture. <clears throat> so Russell has on an orange jumpsuit and a black hood over yeah. his head. Like he, he really looked like he had just stepped out of some uh, unknown military brig somewhere. 
I actually watched a, a middle-aged guy, looked like probably, you know, kind of a hard guy, you know, to, good tough man, and he was driving along through the traffic slowly, and I was observing him, and he's just kind of nodding his head, and he's got his wife in the car, and they're kind of taking it all in. And when he ever got up to the point where he could see Russell, the man just turned his head. Like, he, he didn't want to think about that. It, it's just such mm. a striking issue, to, uh, strike, uh, striking, uh, image. striking uh, image. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, they actually had Russell tied to the post, and it strikes home. I mean, it's, it, it's really a different way of reaching uh, people. Absolutely. And then, in addition to all of this, after this is done, these people are so great. We got we got seventeen for sure that I can think of. Of those, after we're all done, we go out for two hours doing this, and we're enjoying each other's company so much. We all go together, and we go to somebody's house, and we have a cookout, and we hang out. I was jealous. I wanted to go to that, but uh... we, we, well, here's what you missed. You missed a little bit of music, a cookout. Uh, I left. Eventually, they were going to be watching a movie, and I decided we really I do. wanted to enjoy that beautiful ride home. John, thank you for the call. Up. We really do have the best activists in the world right here in New Hampshire, and they're all part of the Free State Project. It's an amazing movement uh, full of just incredible people, and everybody gets along just wonderfully, and they're great people to hang out with and, and socialize with and spend time with and protest with, stuff like that. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. Program is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free lines. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Like over 360 of our listeners have decided to do. Uh, I, unfortunately, am way behind on processing amplifiers, was out at that protest today, as John and I were, were just talking about, and I got back and I was beat. Uh, so I've got something like 30 emails in my amplifier folder Good to heavens. process through, so please, please be patient with me. Uh, it's a one-man operation here, processing these amplifiers. We're working on, uh, as soon as we get our server transferred over to our new machine, we're going to work on like an automated system where you can go in and you can log into your little amplifier account and change information if you need to and you know that sort of thing that way i don't have to handle all the the minutia does sound a lot um, a lot more simple for you right not that i don't mind processing incoming uh, contributions because that's what the amp program's all about you go to amp.freetalklive.com it stands for advertise market and promote and the idea is simple free talk live we'll be on, we'll be honest with you um you know, we just don't have uh, the big clear channels and the CBS radios and those guys behind the show. We don't have a multi-million dollar we marketing We don't want budget. them behind us No, either. I don't. I don't. But, but they've got, you know, when you're a clear channel property mm-hmm. or a CBS radio property, uh, then you've got a multi-million dollar advertising budget. And that's that makes it you can buy full-page ads in Talkers Magazine, and you can do all sorts of things and buy huge banners at the industry conventions. Remember, we were at the uh, the recent talk radio seminar in in uh, in Los Angeles at this Marriott Del Marina Del Rey Hotel, and the the elevator doors had pictures of another talk show host, Dave Ramsey. Uh, this sort of financial sense guy, uh, he, he his head and an advertising uh, an advertisement for his show was on the elevator doors. We found out how much it cost, ten thousand dollars. Yeah, he was on three elevator doors, so right. he got three elevator door banners right. for ten grand I mean, over two days, three right. days, right? Three days. Um, 
now, so that's sort of like, you know, we if we had that kind of money, I don't think we'd spend it on elevator doors. But nonetheless, uh, the idea is you can support Free Talk Live, considering we give all the features away on our website for free. You can support us for 3 bucks a month. That's all we're asking for. You know, by the way, those other radio shows like Rush Limbaugh and those guys, they charge 7 or 6 or 7 or 8 dollars a month to access their sites. Mhm. So, we give everything away for free up front and we just simply say, "Hey, you like the show, help support us. Become an amplifier." You get access to perks as well, like the amplifier only call-in lines and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. But it's a great way to help support the show, and uh, right now our 360 amplifiers are bringing in a total of over 200, uh, excuse me, $2,500 a month to the show. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot of money, maybe, uh, but it, it works for us because we can really stretch it and uh, make it. For instance, we're buying half-page ads in Talkers Magazine. That's the same size ad as Neil Bortz buys, same size as uh, many of the other uh, industry bigwigs. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're players because of the AMP program, and it's all because of you. So amp.freetalklive.com is the place to go to help support Free Talk Live. Once again, amp.freetalklive.com. I promise the top ten beer myths, and I don't want to miss out on that, so we will get to it. But to, uh, your phone calls are primary. So we go to, it is Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Dave. Hey, more reports from New Hampshire. What's up? First, I want your listeners to know, if they don't already know, I have a message for your listeners. Yes. There, <clears throat> there's a party on in New Hampshire, and you're missing it. A party? Well, I if uh, you're not in New Hampshire, of course, I can't say that to you because you're you in mean New party in a general in the general term. This is yeah, something you don't want term. to miss out on. Gotcha. You Correct. know what? I think that uh, people that as they move here, I, I think a lot of them are going to have the same regret I did, and that is they didn't move sooner. But hey, you know what? Get here as soon as you possibly can because there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Very true. Uh, there was another thing going on today. I wasn't there myself, but in Concord, uh, New Hampshire, uh, they had a uh, Ron Paul uh, sign making party. And strategy session. But I guess what they're doing is they're building signs for Ron Paul, uh, for Ron Paul activists to go to other people's appearances and hold the Ron Paul sign nice. other candidates. That's a good uh, idea. It's our you know, guerrilla way of, um, of getting in on this because the media, they're going to go to John McCain if nobody else is going. No one, you know, the whole state could, not, could completely not care that John McCain's there, but the media decides that he's great, so they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron Paul could get 100, 200, 300 people, and sometimes the media doesn't care. So um, we have to do guerrilla um, tactics on this, and that means going where the media is. So we'll Excellent. see how that works. Good idea. What else is going on? Oh, uh, well, I, did, I had a thought for your listeners, uh, as long as this is something that doesn't go well on a, on a bulletin board, because you have to hear it rather than see it. But um, I hear a lot of mispronunciations about towns in New Hampshire, and I think it's important to try to pronounce them native, uh, natively if possible. Okay. Uh, I'd like to, like to name some key normal problems that I see. People oftentimes think that there's a place called Concord, New Hampshire. There is no such place. It's Concord. <laughs> Concord. Right. Um, Berlin, New Hampshire. It's not Berlin. It's Berlin. Uh, One more. They, now, not... Dave, why is it that up here in the Northeast, um, we just mispronounce the names of the, uh, <laughs> the, the cities? I mean, why would you a, spell something Concord and then pronounce the it Concord? If locals say it that way, it is not a mis- mispronunciation. That is the correct way yeah, to say it. Yeah, you Southerner. I'm just wondering. I, you know, it's not like it didn't happen in Amarillo, Texas, either, or Norfolk, Virginia, um, or perhaps Louisville, Kentucky, maybe even New Orleans. But, you know, it's it's so, 
I don't know. It seems so strange to me. Okay. What's, I'm let's sure people move the fact. Let's get past the fact that it's strange and concentrate on saying it right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more, Dave. We don't have uh, time to go through the laundry list. You there is no Lebanon, New Hampshire. Only Lebanon. 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 So Lebanon. Nashua. The worst Congress, one, the, the one that really bugs me, at least the ones that you named are uh, at least understandable to some extent as far as the pronunciation adjustion, uh, adjustments. There are some cities down in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Worcester. <laughs> Worcester is the worst. W-O-R-S-T. It's Worcester. War, yeah, it's Warch, like Worcester. There's no H, but it's like Worcester, and it somehow turns into Worcester. It's amazing to me. That one is uh, mind-boggling. But There uh, are ten such cities in Massachusetts for every one in, in New Hampshire. Yeah, I think, remember, I think you're again, right about that. Concord, Lebanon, Thank you. Berlin, Thank you, Dave. Appreciate Nashua. the call. Thanks for the, uh, the 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 lesson there. Now you know I think that if uh, if New Englanders go down to Central Florida, where you know you've got cities like uh, let's see, what do you have there? Arcadia. Uh, that's I, I've, I've heard people mispronounce Arcadia. I think that probably in Florida, Mayaca might be a tough one for people. The, are, the probably the worst one in uh, Florida is uh, Kissimmee. Ki- well, people Kissimmee. 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 Yeah, Kissimmee. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the ones with D? There's DeLand, there's Deltona, mm-hmm. there's so you know if you don't put that southern twir- twirl on Deltona, you don't have it right. It's Deltona. Right. There's DeBerry. Yeah. Um, there's one up in uh, near St. Petersburg that's not coming to mind off the top of my. There's head. all kinds of Wikiwachi and things like that. Yeah, and, yeah. The Wikiwachi gives yeah. them a lot of trouble up yeah. there. As does Loxahatchee. Loxahatchee. That's the one. Yeah, that's another one. And. Um, so, you know, there's just going to be adjustments people have to make. 800-259-9231. Jim emails in. I'm a new listener to the show. Really love the format. I have to disagree with your libertarian views, though. I simply don't feel that libertarianism is a reasonable political ideology because it relies on a high level of knowledge and consumer awareness. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, we'll we'll d- look into this a little bit deeply here in a moment. In the real world, most people are quite happy being uneducated and almost entirely unaware of the implications of their purchases. Now, do you think that that might be because they believe they have this sort of um, conception in their minds that the government is taking care of it? Do you think that people are lazier with their purchases because there's something you know in the back of their head that says... You don't have to worry about what's in this food. The government is taking care of it. I, I think that they absolutely are um, are lazier because of that. It may not be a conscious decision. It may just simply be that they've always been told, they've sort of known there's these regulatory agencies, um, so they're just leaving it up to the government. Right, and to think that any of these regulatory agencies is, effic- is as efficient or as thorough as, say, consumer reports, mm-hmm. huh, that is a fallacy. But the fact is, if we were to get rid of government regulation and that sort of thing, not everyone would pick up consumer reports. No. Not everybody would educate themselves to the maximum of their ability. And that's okay. Those people will go out and they'll make mistakes in their purchasing choices, and then maybe after they've made enough mistakes and those mistakes have been costly enough, maybe then they'll be motivated to actually do something to uh, become an educated consumer. Buyer beware, caveat emptor. Don't leave it to the government to take care of you. He says this is precisely why advertising that focuses on sex appeal and masculinity works so well, despite the fact that they completely ignore the specifications of the item being sold. If libertarian policies were established in the United States, the majority of the country would be bedridden due to E. coli infections by the end of the month. Really? Why would that be? He says, far be it from anyone to demand that the entire population must be absolutely knowledgeable about all of the meat packaging companies that sell their product to the local market simply to avoid possibly deadly bacteria and viruses. 
You know, I don't think this guy has a, a gym. I don't think he really understands how the market works and how uh, people in search of profit respond to consumer demand. And I'm pretty sure, and we'll get into this more in hour number three, but I'm pretty sure that consumers aren't demanding E. coli. So how is it that the market will respond to that in order to keep people safe without governmental intervention? We'll talk about it coming up in your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three of the live Saturday edition. Toll-free, once again, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free, so enjoy those. They're on us. That, once again, freetalklive.com. I want to continue this email here and then get to your calls. Uh, we started an email at the end of last hour, and it brings up a serious issue that I think a lot of people that don't understand the marketplace would agree with and and uh, and un- and feel the way Jim, who's emailing, is feeling. And Jim is scared. He's scared that if we were to get the government out of, for instance, the regulation business, that all of a sudden, as he puts it, uh, because people aren't educated about the uh, the inner the ins and outs of how the meat packing business works, that as a result, the majority this is his words the majority of the country would be bedridden due to E. coli infections by the end of the month. Far be it from anyone to demand the entire population must be absolutely knowledgeable about all of the meat packaging companies that sell their product to the local market simply to avoid. Uh, possibly deadly bacteria and viruses. It's, Can I rebut that? Please, because I was going to. Okay. Um, first off, uh, meatpacking companies don't have any desire to... Um, they, as a matter of fact, they, they are counter-incentivized uh, because people will stop buying... If, if every time you eat beef and you get sick, you will stop buying beef pretty quick. Sure. So meatpacking um, companies are incentivized not to make people uh, sick because... They'll stop buying their products. If they're dead, they can't buy meat. Not only that, but you as a consumer don't have to have all of the knowledge. And the reason why you don't have to have all the knowledge is because the people selling you the products have the interest in protecting you. Even if the meatpacking company all of a sudden gets taken over by some evil madman who wants to spread E. coli all over the world, the fact is he can't sell his meat products to uh, your local supermarket with, uh, unless they pass the supermarket standards. Right. And the supermarket has certain uh, – each supermarket chain has certain standards that they've set for quality of beef. They're not selling grade Z beef. Uh, I know there's different grade levels. Uh, they're not selling grade crap beef at your local supermarket. They're they're selling a certain grade and above, and they have certain inspection procedures. Their vendors, uh, they, they they have to jump through some hoops in order to get their products on the shelves. And if it turns out that uh, one particular product is dangerous, though that store is going to yank that off the shelves in a in a heartbeat. They want you coming back time and time again to continue buying products. Sure. The USDA inspectors that go around in order to uh, check on meat, they're redundant. The, the grocery stores are already doing this. Correct. And, the, the meat and they're probably doing been... a better job than the government bureaucrat is anyway. Right. The meat packing company has its own inspectors. 
They've got their own quality control. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, then there are the supermarket quality controls as well. And if your product, um, like let's use tobacco companies as an example. Uh, There's few people in America that would dispute that tobacco companies have put increased poisons in their their tobacco in order to get people hooked to it. And uh, so they can smoke for 60 years, you know, 50 or 60 years, and then uh, they'll die. So the tobacco companies have intentionally killed their customers. They did it over a very long period of time. But they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the but uh, not all of their customers die from tobacco. Well, not all of them. Okay. Um, I know that that's that's what they we would may say. have contributed to the deaths of a percentage of their customers. Sure, okay. but um, you know, there as far as um, so I mean, the, the possibility is out there. But if somebody does do something to their product that makes it more deadly or something like that, mm-hmm. there's the courts to handle those situations. You know, you know, if you've gotten food poisoning from bad meat, you can sue the grocery store, you can sue the meatpacking company, you can sue all of them. And the problem is with our court systems, because they're so inaccessible to people, people don't want to use them. If we had a better court system um, that was, you know, more like arbitrators mm-hmm. uh, um, are, you know, very easy, very accessible, then people would be would be able to uh, handle it like that. I just don't you I don't you, see the reason for USDA inspectors. There's not. As you say, it's completely redundant. And again, in the marketplace, you as a consumer don't have to know everything because the stores, the people selling you the products, have an incentive to protect you, A, and secondly, to educate you, B. You can educate yourself as far as you would like to be educated, especially in this day and age of the Internet. You want to know everything there is to know about meatpacking? Go take a tour of a meatpacking plant. Go and do the research. Go read some books. Go read online. Do as much research as you want to. In fact, uh, in many cases, grocery, uh, grocery stores and that sort of thing will actually give you information on buying tips right there at the, uh, at the counter. It'll get, you know, there'll be like 10 tips for buying good meat. Boom, right there. Uh, you know how to pick out the best fruit. There's, I remember in pub at Publix down in Florida, which is probably the best grocery store in the southeast. Uh, Publix used to have this, and they probably still do. They have this huge book full in their produce department, full of just information on uh, on on all the different fruits and vegetables that they sell in the store. And, you know, not just information about sure, the fruits. That's, that information sets them apart from the local uh, fruit stand. Right. How to pick the fruits, what the, you know, which fruits to pick, which to reject. Um, you know, also cooking tips, um, handling tips, that sort of thing. Just right there in front of you. Now, not every customer stops and looks and spends time at that, uh, at that info cent- center. Mm-hmm. But it's there for them if they want to. Buyer beware and caveat emptor. You do as much research as you want, but you can be assured that while you might be paying too much, you're not going to get sick. The odds of you getting sick are very, very slim. Just look at the, uh, you know, look at the pet food situation that everybody's all upset about now. You've got the pet food companies manufacturing tons and tons of pet food every single year for decades upon decades. Finally, five cats die or whatever. Fifteen cats. They say uh, that croak. It's, it, there's a good chance that uh, more uh, that something like a hundred have died. Um, they just weren't. Uh, they Dr- just weren't. It's, you know, it's a drop in the bucket. It really is. And uh, unfortunately, no... I mean, think about how many people die a year due to food poisoning from restaurants and all kinds of different yeah. places. 
their own food prepared in their house. You don't want the government running restaurants, do you? You don't want the government running grocery stores, do you? Government involvement does not make things safer. No. It just increases bureaucracy. And, and and again, these bureaucrats that are doing inspections, they don't really care. I'd venture to they say don't that care. I'd venture to say that government involvement makes things more um, more unsafe. It's I mean, true. The, the, it can create example, an artificial, arbitrary standard, which may actually be lower than where the marketplace would set its standards were it allowed to. Many markets actually brag that they have higher standards than the government standards. And who's and who's to say that anybody's meeting the standard that the government has anyway? It's not like they're out there inspecting everything. It gives people the feeling that everything's safe. The government's taking care of it when, in fact, they're not. Um, they just, you know, I mean, that's like it's just ridiculous to think that uh, buildings never fall in because we have an OSHA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, look at the example with cat food. How many buildings were built before OSHA? Plenty of them. They're yeah. still standing. Look at the example with pet food. You've got um, one incident in the last hundred years that I know of, and I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm stretching it out here a bit, but humans die from food poisoning a heck of a lot more often than animals do, and we have government inspectors. Finally, Jim says, what are the people working two jobs who don't have the time to keep themselves educated about meat packaging companies and just want to be able to buy their meat and be reasonably certain it won't kill them? Well, I think we've explained that the companies will protect them because it's in their interest to do so. I'll grant you that the government is hardly the most efficient way to regulate or produce anything. But in many cases, the well-being of the public is more important than efficiency or consumer choice. Well, the fact is, Jim, you can have it all. You can have efficiency. You can have consumer choice. And you can have a healthy... Well, public. The marketplace does it all. And the government only gets in the way. The government only increased costs. The government only forces people to do things they don't want to do or forces people to uh, to not do things they do want to do. And all of that increased the cost to the consumer. So were we to get the government out of it, people would still be safe. People would be happier because they'd have more money in their pockets. They'd be able to buy more things. And you know what? If it weren't for the government being around taxing us to the point of 50 to 60% each, then, yeah, you really would be able to have that second person, that husband or the wife, stay at home and take care of the kids and maybe do a little bit of research online and that sort of thing. Not though yet, not that you have to necessarily, but a good consumer with more information is more likely to get a better deal. But all consumers, even those who are ignorant, will be protected by the mechanisms of the marketplace because the, the, the stores want you to continue buying their products. It's so simple. Please, can we please just stop the insanity of government regulations? Stop believing the lie that government regulators and government inspectors are keeping you safe. It's a scam on you. 1-800-259-9231. George in D.C., Johnson in Connecticut. Your calls as well. Ladies first, if you make a call, 800-259-9231. I think Johnson's got a big announcement for us. I'm really? excited about this. Uh, you can also take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and anything goes 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The live Saturday show. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. 
And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go to Johnson in Connecticut, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Johnson. Hey, hey, fellas. I've got a, an announcement. Uh, I am currently making a uh, large update to the Free Talk Live store. In fact, I just flipped the switch on it now. Okay. Um, I have added five new products. Ooh. How exciting. Do tell. Tell By us about way, the products. Before you do that, store.freetalklive.com is where people can go to take a look at the new products. That's store.freetalklive.com. What are they going to see when they go there? Okay. Well, the new products, one of the ones that's been obviously most requested are for our ladies, mm-hmm. a ladies-style uh, T-shirt. And I, I went as effeminate as possible. I kind of... Uh, Chose a a rib tea style with cap sleeves. Uh, that and I'm offering uh, two versions. There's a uh, pink and kind of a pink and maroon version mm-hmm. uh, with the way the cap sleeves are at the top that has our logo on it, and a black version of that. So both of those are uh, nice, and they have a. Uh, uh, some pictures not only of just the shirt because I know there was some um, people were just wanted to know measurements before on some of the other shirts and whatnot. The uh, the girls were picky, so I uh, actually included some pictures of some uh, female models wearing that shirt. Nice. Um, so they're there as well. Um, there are hoodies, second most requested yeah, product. Yeah, people have been wanting that. Of course, the winter time's over, but get prepared for next year, right now. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter that winter time is over because I included two styles of hoodie. Um, one style is a heavier um, hoodie uh, that we are offering black and yellow. That's a heavier pullover hoodie mm-hmm. uh, that's got that kind of front pocket. And that's good for winter because it's a nice heavy uh, hoodie. But I'm also offering, a in black, a full zip hoodie that's a little bit lighter. That's something you can wear kind of, you know, in, uh, you know if it's like a kind of a cool evening in spring or fall. Right. Um, you got, I like uh, those around the house, uh, personally. You know, that's just what I wear in lieu of a sweater. Right, yeah, exactly. So, but you can, you can unzip and zip at your leisure to mm-hmm. adjust uh, your temperature. You know, and it's, you know, I like to wear those, too, because I sometimes accessorize, you know, wear like a, a sport coat over it or, a, you know, some other kind of jacket. And a sport coat over a hoodie? Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty brave uh, accessory. It's an interesting it's an interesting style statement, but, uh, you know, or a jean jacket, that kind of thing. But, I'm um, looking at the prices here, too, and uh, i got to say I'm surprised at, uh, that they came in as low as they did. And, and the quality, of course, is going to be up there with the rest of our products, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me see. I got some other products. Those are the uh, those are kind of in the apparel, but uh, no, actually, no. Actually, we do have one more item of apparel. Um, I wanted to. I'm I'm very picky as far as uh, hats go, and our you know it's winter caps. I don't like anything on my hat, and uh, I know uh, an embroidered hat is you know it's it's pretty standard, and we're going to continue offering our embroidered hat, but. I wanted something that was just smooth all the way around, didn't have any embroidery on it. 
and where the you know Free Talk Live was woven into the actual product, so that Free Talk Live was actually part of the initial creation of the mm-hmm. product. So uh, we're now offering a a woven cap that has a fleece liner, sort of like a uh, very, very, very comfortable uh, new style of winter beanie. Fleece so liner. Now, be- fleece liner, I'm not a, an expert at the winter clothing, but does that make it a little bit warmer than the other cap? It makes it a little bit warmer. It's a little bit softer on the ears um, because it's like right down around the edge of the hat. So it's just nice. I mean, it's just another nice feature to make the hat kind of more comfortable and warm. And it's a... Uh, Nice. It's a good product. Another going to be another high quality product. Now that's it for the apparel. And uh, then I uh, there was some uh, some requests for you know a very standard item uh, <laughs> bottle opener uh, lighter kind of thing, um, just kind of knickknacks. Well, I found a combination of the two: a bottle opener lighter. Neat. Uh, and and the other kind of cool thing about it is that it comes with a free you know it's a, got a free talk live branded retractable lanyard um it's a 24 inch lanyard that you basically you can clip this thing to your belt and the lighter hangs off of this lanyard and so you have a, a lighter and a bottle opener just kind of clipped to either your belt or a belt loop so it's always there your hands can stay free you know if you're out and about doing whatever it's. I just think it's kind of a cool uh, little little gizmo. But Very cool. I'm saving this for last because this is my favorite item. Just as far as it's going to be limited edition because, well, we're not an electronics store, but I saw this and I just felt that there's a lot of people who want one of these right now. I felt that there are some people that could probably benefit from uh, getting this if they don't already have an MP3 player. But and we, after all, we I'm, are the number one podcast on the internet, so it makes sense that we might be selling a branded MP3 player. Yeah, that's what right. it is. Absolutely. It's it's a free, it's an MP3 player with the Free Talk Live logo on it. But it's not just an MP3 player with the Free Talk Live logo on it. I could almost it guess you were going to say that next. <laughs> right. It is also an FM tuner. Oh, it's an FM? It's a radio? We paid extra. It's, we paid extra yeah. to have the FM tuner put in there. Huh. It's also an FM tuner. It's also a 2-gig flash drive. So it it uses the um, the the storage space of the MP3 player to, to as a flash drive too. Right. It's it's essentially what if you've ever seen those thumb drives, it looks like a thumb drive, mm-hmm. but it also has the functionality of being an MP3 player. Ooh. It can read ebooks. If your MP3 is tagged with song lyrics, it'll display the song lyrics as the song plays. Wow. Oh, and it's um, a voice recorder as well. It's also a voice recorder. It can record up to 576 hours of Voice recording. That's nice. So you get pulled over by the cops, uh, pull out your Free Talk Live MP3 player. Now, this is limited edition. Why is that? How's the limited edition thing working? We need to talk about pre-orders, too. Right. Well, what what I want to do is just with this, I mean, and we may continue it. It depends on how many orders that we get for this, but electronics are kind of a fickle market. You know, the prices uh, go up and down, mostly down, so it's going to really depend on whether or not we can afford to continue offering this uh, item. We're currently offering at a price point of uh, $59.95. And for a 2-gig flash drive that is also an MP3 player, and, yeah, it's an amazing price. Um and so, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be able to continue to offer it at that because, you know, when we go to order these and we go to order, say, 25, 50 of them, that's a big chunk of change. And, uh, 
you know, we have to order them in lots, so it's going to depend on how many people pre-order them. Right, and that's why we're How many more that we can afford to get. That's why we've got know? the pre-order phase going on instead of just buying, just randomly buying some amount and then having this huge stock that we can't sell. So uh, how long is the pre-order going to last for? And we'll, co- we'll come back and talk a little bit more about it and get back to your calls. Well, you know, I, to tell you the truth, I'm not really certain of that. You know, our pre-order process... All right, we're going to play it by ear. Hang on, John. So we'll bring you back for a little bit here in your calls as well. Patience, we'll be back. More Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line, live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. And that does include the Free Talk Live studio cam, now online, now available to everyone who wants to look at it for whatever reason, go to, uh, go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com, and you'll see, well, us. I don't know why you'd want to, but it's there. Um, and it's one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that we've, uh, milestones that we have announced for our AMP program, which we talked about earlier in the program, because AMP got to a certain level, because you guys got AMP to a certain level, we launched the webcam. So that's why it's there, cam.freetalklive.com. As uh, we go back to Johnson in Connecticut for more shameless plugging of uh, the brand new Free Talk Live products, which are worth talking about because they're pretty darn cool. Quick recap of uh, what has been added to the store as of moments ago at store.freetalklive.com. We're in a pre-order phase. The length of the pre-order phase is apparently to be determined. So get in there now and get your orders in so we have some idea of what it is that's in demand, what people uh, are interested in here, sizes, that sort of thing. We've got the uh, the new Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt in uh, both a pink and sort of a maroonish version. Also, of course, the, standard, and maroon. the standard Free Talk Live black. Uh, there are two different types of hoodies. Uh, we've got one with a full zipper. We also have the heavier pullover-style hoodie as well. Uh, uh, the pullover style is available in two colors, the zipper one, black only. Johnson, am I correct on that? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, also, the uh, beanie cap. There are two beanie caps now, the the embroidered one, which we've offered before, and the brand-new woven beanie cap as well, which uh, looks pretty slick. The Free Talk Live retractable lighter and bottle opener combo, uh, <laughs> an unusual item, but I think it might actually be pretty popular. I'm looking forward to seeing what the sales are like on that. And then finally, we were just getting into the description of uh, what you've titled the multi-gadget, uh, the Free Talk Live two gigabyte multi gadget. Which... Yeah, I didn't really know how to how to title that one or sell it because I mean, if I just call it an MP3 player, you know, people might not really understand that it's also a flash drive. If I just call it a flash drive, same deal, you know. But it also is, you know, the fact that it's a a voice recorder, MP3 player, and, and thumb drive. I think are the main features. And a, yeah, and a radio. That thing is. Yep, and we hmm? threw an AM tuner And a radio, in there. and a radio. Yeah. I wish they would, if they'd offered an AM tuner, I would have thrown that in, too. Uh, yeah, but. I would have loved to have hopped on that, but unfortunately, AM, you know, it's it's hard to find stuff. You know, a lot of uh, these little radio players that you find now are all uh, just FM. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but, but hey, we did, we added as many functions as we possibly could and managed to keep the price at a fraction of what you would normally pay for a 2 gigabyte anything uh, on right. the marketplace these days. Um, so looking forward to that as well. Any other highlights? I also, yeah, I forgot to mention a product. Um, 
the design, the uh, the marketeer, the Free Talk Live uh, oh, yeah. marketeer f- flag. Um, it's not specifically a Free Talk Live branded product, but it is for uh, free marketeers and liberty-minded individuals. I have taken that design and put it on uh, a T-shirt. It's a black T-shirt with the you know the yellow design, like the flag. Right. Um, but now it's available in a T-shirt design as well. Just because people liked it so much, people were asking for that uh, that design on a shirt, and so you did it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it would look cool. You know, it's got that kind of a like a rocker tee kind of style. Yeah. You know, you can accessorize it. So with, Free uh, Talk you know, Live responding to uh, consumer demand uh, here on uh, on our store. It's store.freetalklive.com. So the pre-order is in effect. Our listeners can go to store.freetalklive.com. They can add a bunch of stuff to their cart and and check out what's uh, do, do they need to know anything else, Johnson? No, I mean as far as the pre-order goes, I mean it, it's just that's about the fact that we have to order our, all our products. We order them in lots of you know uh, some amount multiples of like twelve, twenty four, forty eight, you know stuff like that. So. Uh, basically, we want to make sure that we're going to gather uh, some orders and then maybe order some more products on top of that. And uh, just, you know, we like to do our ordering and our shipping in, in groups as much as possible just right. to, you know, keep things. Keep the cost down ship. for everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, we've got to make things as efficient as possible, considering, again, we don't have that multi million dollar budget that those other shows do. So we appreciate your patience. Uh, these products are going to be well worth the wait. I'm really excited about it personally because yeah, uh, I know that our products came in before and were so high quality. You did such a great job picking items because we could have picked cheap crap and we didn't. And I think it really, right. I think a lot of people were really satisfied. Yeah, and to look at it, you know, I've just kind of been looking at and doing some comparing and contrasting. And, you know, if you look at, at our stuff versus even some other, you know, some other major radio shows versus uh, other podcasts, um, and you look at the quality of our merchandise and the amount of products that we're offering, I think we're doing a pretty good job where we're at, you know. Absolutely. As far as, far as we're, we're kind of uh, leading the pack with, you know, what we have uh you know, with our offerings and the quality of our products. Excellent. And, of course, you're there for uh, for all customer service needs, that sort of thing. Your email address is there for people to contact oh, you. There's yeah, the- that's one one of the like, quick thing that I want to mention is I've also added, you know, I, I mentioned now the uh, the pre-order policy on the uh, the site, and I also wanted to mention uh, for international, because we've had, we've had a lot of international orders, cool. uh, surprisingly so, to, to countries all over the world. Um, I mean, I'd say... At least a third of our orders have been international. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And so I just wanted to mention, you know, that people, if you are going to make an international order, uh, definitely look at there's an international order policy. I just need people to email me. Uh, just we've got shipping and, and sure. all that stuff. So things I'm going to handle that tricky. personally. Right. Hmm? Yeah, things are a little trickier with the international things, but we're yeah, doing so it. Yeah, I handle uh, all those individually on a one-on-one basis. Very cool. Johnson, thanks for the update. Keep up the good work and uh, appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Once again, to get uh, get in on the pre order or just order some of our older products, head over to store.freetalklive.com, and then you could go to the bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. Post your thoughts um, when you get the products in. Let us know what you think. Email your uh, your opinions to Johnson. So far, the response has been so positive on the uh, the Free Talk Live store and our products. So I look forward to uh, continuing to offer high-quality merchandise to you guys. Let's continue with the calls. It's Bill in Indianapolis waiting patiently on WXNT. Hey, Bill. Hey, Mark. Are you What's Ian? Happening? Which one? Are you uh, Ian or are you Mark? I'm know. Ian, and then I'm Mark's Mark. over there. I get your voices confused. That's all right, Bill. What's um, on your mind? I agree with you about the government, um, but I did think of one thing that I would disagree with you on when okay. it comes to the government, and I think they've actually done some good. Now, okay. See what you think about this. 
when it comes to food now i don't i don't i agree with you guys the inspections don't do any good but um food labeling though was very very good if it was up to the food companies they wouldn't put a, a lick of um, information on there i agree with you Thank you. Wait, Mark, you think the government should mandate that people uh, put labels on their food? I didn't say that I think that the government should mandate it. I think that uh, I, I think that companies would probably not put uh, nutritional information so on their food. So people don't care about that information is what you're saying. People uh, they, don't, they don't seem to care much, and I like having it. Yeah, some people are allergic to certain foods like egg products or nuts. Oh, or I think that would be mentioned. Yeah, they'd have to have some, you know, It's the nutritional information, like the, you know, how many calories, how many trans fats, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. It, they, weren't, they weren't on food just 10 years ago. So you're saying that there aren't enough people in the marketplace that are concerned about that sort of thing? Uh, uh, the, for whatever With reason, the diet manu man manufacturers America? were not responding to it. Yeah, no matter what the people, you know, the people could scream all they want, and I don't think they would have recognized the people's voice. I don't, I, you know what, I find this really hard to believe, because uh, look at, uh, you can say what you want, and maybe it would be true with some manufacturers, but look at the organic food movement. Uh, there's, a, there's enough of a market segment demand, and I don't, I don't hardly know anybody, except for maybe Wayne on Wednesday nights, that actually buys this crap. But, uh, you know, the organic food, some of it's okay, some of it's tasteless. But there are enough people out there demanding these products that an entire segment of an industry was created to cater to them. You're telling me that companies wouldn't respond to uh, people that are asking for information about their products? I think that uh, I think they are underestimating the amount of people that are out there that are looking for that sort of thing. Now, me personally, I could give a flip. I'm, I, you know, whatever. Put it on the shelf. If it tastes good, I'll eat it. And I know there are people out there like me, but I think that you guys are underestimating the amount of people that uh, demand that sort of thing. Look, uh, ten years ago, they didn't have um, the information like they do now. It, but it, Mark, if you're if you're saying that uh, that you you don't want government to mandate it, what's your suggestion as to how those consumers would be satisfied? Would they just go unsatisfied? Um, all I'm telling you is I like what happened there. I'm not saying I want the government to mandate anything, but what happened there, it's nice. It's, it's nice having that little white box with the in nutritional information. I think that it's somewhat lacking. I'd like more. Bill, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I think that um, if you actually look into some of that information, you'll find out that it's easily manipulated. You'll find out that a lot of people uh, don't even understand how to read that information. Oh, I'm sure that's true. So it's, it's a mess, as is. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, toll-free number 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free lines. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff. We mentioned the brand new items that are available at the Free Talk Live store right now at store.freetalklive.com. We also have another way for you to support the show, and that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Forty categories of products. You know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. You go and you shop at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. Uh, it's a nice percentage, actually. It's fairly generous on the part of Amazon. So go there and buy all the stuff you need for life, whether it be DVDs or uh, sporting goods, accessories, clothing, uh, baby stuff, groceries. It's all there. And we get a percentage if you shop through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, let's go to the phones, and let's go to the fun. It's George in D.C. on the amplifier line. Hey, George. Hey, Ian. Hey. What's on your mind? Yeah, I wanted to finish up on the discussion we were having last night about the secession thing. Yes. Uh, I th uh, yeah, I, 
I wasn't saying we should um, wait as long as you think I was saying, and I don't think you got, because quite frankly, for starters, I don't think we, New Hampshire can succeed um, very soon anyway, because I don't think we'd get, get the votes. But the reason sure. why, I didn't, why I said we didn't want to succeed too soon is because, you know, you don't want, like, for example, Bush um, sending special forces in to get the governor. That's probably what he'd do. I don't think he'd really, really roll, roll in tanks so much as he'd just send, like, some special unit to take care of the governor and the legislature and, start, and have some special election. Maybe. And also, yeah, and also, um, like, for example, um, What's that former Soviet country? I think it's Estonia that, for example, became all um, free market and stuff. Right, after Estonia. the Soviet Union collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, and that was after the Soviet Union collapsed. So they tried to, and they became their own country again, unlike a Soviet state. So if they, um, if they tried to secede sooner from the Soviet Union, you know, they'd roll in the tanks, you know, and they'd do something. But because they waited to after the Soviet Union fell, they couldn't. Um, the, the Feds, the Soviet Feds, couldn't do anything about it. I see. So you're yeah, suggesting exactly. we should wait till the very cusp of the uh, the inevitable failure of the federal government? Yeah, I'd rather. But what if they keep it? Up. But what if they keep it up for for longer than our lifetimes? I mean, should we just let it go that okay, long? At the very, very soonest, I'd say after the 2008 election, in case Ron Paul doesn't get elected. Yeah, I'd, I'd say <laughs> odds are against it, but uh, we'll see. Anything can happen. Yeah, tell me about. I mean, but. Huh, they might even let New Hampshire down to see maybe because they were going to let Puerto Rico become its own country at one point. Yeah, that's what they should do. You know, because I, that would be an issue. If New Hampshire were to secede, a lot of people would be upset because then this flag would have to change. You know, it'd have to go down to 49 stars. And then, you know, there'd be a big hassle. Um, so what they could do is just New Hampshire could secede and they could bring Puerto Rico into the, the fold. And then they'd still have 50 states. Switch one in, switch it out. Yeah, make it easy. Yeah, there you go. Any right other there. thoughts for us, George? Oh, no, that's about it. Thanks for the call, man. We really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, talking about an idea that scares a lot of people, an idea that I think uh, its time has come again, and that is secession. Um, that is that the federal government is useless. There's no reason, in my opinion, to have it around anymore, and we'd be much better off as uh, 50 independent states or maybe, uh, you know, the western states, uh, California and Oregon and uh, Washington can all secede together and have their own little strip country on the western It We don't have to be 50. The People's Republic of uh, Pacifica? Yeah, something like that. You know, it'd, it'd work perfect for them. A bunch of, uh, you know, lefties out there, so they'd get, get along fine, I'm sure. Um, or 50 competing states or whatever. I think that there'd, there'd be nothing wrong with that. I think it's an idea that, that needs the, to be talked it about. It was the original idea, and you know, Europe manages to make it with a bunch of small countries. Yep. You know, somehow they, they managed to do it. I don't understand. Well, they made a mistake by creating the EU and centralizing control. They, they had made it for a while, and then uh, so the power mongers got, a, got it into their heads that more central, uh, centralization is a good thing. And so they did that, which, of course, it's not. It's not a good thing at all. Well, it, you know, um, the idea that uh, the United States is dominant in the world, you know, it might make you feel better, but what's it do for your pocketbook? I mean, if we have the largest GDP um, on the planet, big, fat, hairy deal, that helps a lot of people that aren't me. Mm-hmm. You know, what? Um, I believe that we, we need a bunch of smaller states. That way, that way they can compete against each other for citizenship people that uh, people would want to be at them uh, be in them we you know lost you could, that you competition you talk and have all the stringent religious laws it wants sure. and then people who would uh, you know want to live in a, str- a place that has stringent religious laws they could do that um but, you know new hampshire could be a very free market mm-hmm. Th- that would work out real well 
I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the uh, Florida could tax the crap out of the tourists as like they do. <laughs> I, the, the, the competition between the states has has lessened over time as the federal government has more homogenized laws and the federal government has come in and essentially, like in California, continued to kick in people's doors after they've in the state of California, passed the medical marijuana provisions, mm-hmm. and ver- by wide margins, very clearly, the people of California want to have medical marijuana, and the federal government continues to go in there and, and enforce their stupid laws on the marijuana providers. Um, so the feds have sort of devolved the situation. They've made it so that the states aren't as competitive. The states aren't as uh, unique to as far as the law is concerned. We'd have more of that sort of differentiation if the federal government wasn't around. And I know your major concern is defense, Mark. I know that's that's, that's your the issue. Reason, that's the reason that I think the federal government should stay to some extent. But you and the, I disagree there. But once again, the Fed, as James Madison, I'm sure if he were here on mic number three, he would tell you that a standing army is a really bad idea. He never envisioned for the uh, for the United States to have a, a military not, like I'm it has today. I'm not for a standing army like it has today. I, I okay, f- fine. That that's a pretty radical statement right there, and we don't really have time to get into it. But um, the, so the feds, they, you know, they've got this big army that they send around the world, stirring up trouble around the world. If we were to just end it, disband it, um, you know, maybe sell off some of the equipment to the 50 states or whatever. That way they could have some of the equipment mm-hmm. to defend themselves. Then if uh, Alabama wanted to go and invade other countries and, you know, do what the federal government army does today, then you know, then it would be Alabama's responsibility, and everybody else wouldn't suffer the consequences from their their stupid actions. Whereas right now we're all under the gun as a result of as possible you know as possible terrorism victims because of what the United States federal government is doing today. Right. Smaller countries make for um you know, it makes it less likely that they'll do any invading at all. You right. don't. How many smaller countries are in, are going around the world um, doing what we're doing? Yeah, Macedonia isn't sending troops. Uh, it doesn't have troops in 131 nations like the United States does. Bigger countries uh, don't have uh, troops. I mean, not even China. <laughs> nope. And China's big enough, but, you know, they kind of, okay, they're messing with Taiwan, but. Yeah, they really want Taiwan back. Beyond that, uh, anyway, 800-259-9231. We don't, are we going to have time for any beer myths, the uh, the top ten I beer I can myths? rattle them off quick if you want. Let's try to get through some of these things, because we did promise them at the beginning of the show. Beer myth number one, beat the beer belly with light beer. Light beers have maybe 90, 100 calories. Regular beers generally have less than 200. A beer lover would say the difference is comparable to the difference between McDonald's and a five-star restaurant. A dietician would tell you the difference is negligible. Really? So unless you're drinking 300 beers a week, stick with the good stuff. Well, plus the fact is a lot of people see light mm-hmm. on a product, and that just means they tell, they'll have two. Uh, maybe. Hey, it's light. It's light cigarette. I'll have two of them. I don't know if Dead. it works for beer in the same way. Okay. The darker the beer, the more alcohol it contains. That's the second myth. Not even close. Guinness is black and has 4.2% alcohol. The color of beer comes from the toasted malts, which have no effect on alcohol content. Mm. Ingredients like rice syrup, honey, and corn syrup add alcohol to beer, but do not influence the color. Beer myth number three, beer is ruined if warm and then refrigerated. Now, I thought this was true, that uh, you couldn't get, let beer get warm and then refrigerate again. Mm. This can be true. If you do it many, many times, it will happen gradually. People think rechilling beer will cause it to be skunked. Beer can be ruined by air, light, and time. Temperature won't ruin beer unless it's extreme. Get fresh beer and store it in a dark place. It'll be fine. Got it. Number four uh, myth. 
Imported beers have more alcohol than domestic beers. This comes from the way U.S. beers um, reported their beer alcohol content. The rest of the world uses alcohol by volume. Here in the U.S., they use alcohol by weight. Since beer weighs less than water, U.S. beers had smaller numbers, but not less alcohol. Beer, that's kind of interesting. Beer myth number five. The Guinness they serve in Ireland is better. It seems widely accepted that beer in the old country is better than the, what they ex- export to the rest of the world. The brewing process is cheap, so why would a brewery risk their reputation by brewing a different beer for export? doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. sense. No, it's not true. With few uh, exceptions, the beer that is exported is the exact same beer that they serve in the bar across the street from the brewery. The difference is purely freshness. It takes two weeks for a keg of Guinness to get from Dublin to your favorite bar in the States. Some beers, like Foster's, um, is brewed in Canada under a license for sale in the U.S., but it is... Clearly stated on the bottle when it was um, when this is the case. Beer myth number six: beer shouldn't be bitter. The bitterness of beer comes from the hops. Hops are in all beers to balance the sweet malts um, and to act as a preservative. Some beers have lots of hops, like the Indian Pale Ales. Let me run through the rest of them real quick. We don't have enough time. Number seven is uh, the best beers are in green bottles. Not true. They're in brown. The um, the Thai beer Sengja can, contains formaldehyde. It does not. Corona is Mexican pee. It, it certainly seconds, is not that. Man. And uh, that women don't like beer. That's crazy. You want the whole list? Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. Mark will post them there in moments. We'll be back Monday night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com and have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 